Welcome to the podcast for Church of the Nazarene. We invite you to subscribe to this podcast for the latest updates and new episodes. You can also search for our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcast, and tune in. Make sure to join us each Sunday at 9 on Facebook Live. Our in-person service times are 9 and 10.30 a.m. in English and 11.45 in Spanish. Also, Celebrate Recovery meets each Monday night at 6.30. Well, uh, we are on a journey. We are on a journey uh, this Lent season. And uh, for any parent, any parent in the room or watching online who has ever taken a road trip with your kids, there is one question. There is one question that you despise over any other question. Question number two might be, can I go to the bathroom? That might be number two, but there's a question that you despise even more than that one. Anybody know what it is? Yes, that's it. That's it. And you, parents, you know, some of you, you shudder at the thought. You hear those words and you break out in chills. Are we there yet? But what, what are they saying when they say, it's been long enough. We're ready to get there. And when you hear those words, you shudder at the thought. Right, right, right? Um, if you have ever taken a road trip with a preschooler, uh, our daughter, uh, she's four now, but last year, or no, it was a year and a half now, uh, Pastor Julie was getting married, and her and Scott were getting married in New Hampshire, where Julie's from, and so we uh, were invited to be a part of that uh, special time, and so we took the long road trip uh, from here up to New Hampshire, where Julie's from, and I'm here to tell you, it felt like a long road trip to me, but for a uh, two, almost three-year-old at the time, it felt like an eternity, and I remember kind of a full day in the car, getting there, you know, you're throwing back the snacks and the video, whatever you got to watch, whatever you got to do, and we get, we're about an hour away, and it's dark, and we're winding through kind of back roads, New Hampshire, and Glory just says out loud, I'm all done. And at first, I did that. I was like, ha, 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 that's funny, that's funny. Pass another snack. And at first, you know, it was just kind of, I'm all done. It's like, okay. And about five minutes later, it got a little more passionate. Dad, I'm all done. And then it was like every minute, every minute. So I, I promise you, I have this memory of the backwoods. You know, I've got one hand kind of trying to hold her as she's crying, Daddy, I'm all done. Daddy, I'm all done. Daddy, I'm all done. Where are we there yet? Man, there's some of us in the midst uh, of tough seasons of our life where we've kind of said that to God, haven't we? I'm all done. I'm all done. Well, man, we are on a journey together, and we are not quite there yet. We're in the midst of a series called Road to the Cross. We are on a journey to Easter, and man, I'm excited that Easter's coming. I know we're throwing a lot of information. We're, we're working really, really hard to make sure that all of our church family can engage with us this Easter season. So I hope that you'll come and, and be engaged. I'm excited to get there, but we're not there yet. And so in the midst of this series, we're leaning back and understanding that Jesus came to earth for a very specific mission. And we know that mission ultimately leads us to the cross. We know that's true, but it's not just about getting to the cross. There's some really important stuff happening along the way. So we can't just fast forward to get there. We've got to journey together. 
And so we know, we know the ending is coming. We know, we know good news is at the end of the story, right? And, and that's good, but, but we don't want to lose sight of the journey. And maybe this year, more than ever, the journey towards the cross is so important. If you've been uh, joining with us, if you've been watching or listening online, two weeks ago we began this series uh, right in the garden in Genesis chapter 3. And that's where the road to the cross begins. The road to the cross begins not on Palm Sunday or, or not uh, even as we sang when our king has come in the manger. That's not where the road to the cross began. It began in the garden because in the garden was where disobedience gave birth to the first sin. And, and because of that, we were no longer free. And because of that, we were lost in sin. We were no longer right with God and we needed a savior. And the road to the cross began. Uh, last week, Pastor Billy did a great job of reminding us of the promise See, throughout the story of God, throughout the Old Testament scriptures, we see time and time again, God would covenant with his people. He, he would make a promise with them, and, and the promise went something like this, I will be your God and you will be my people. And, and even though the people of God, time and time again, messed things up, that they turned to their own devices, they turned their back on God and decided, I'm going to do it my way, still, time after time, we see God keep his promises. The exciting thing, though, is that the road to the cross shows us uh, the promise of something new, a new covenant, a new covenant. Through Jesus, a new covenant was coming, and this covenant was unbreakable. So the road to the cross, we see that our God is a promise keeper. And just as he has kept his promise, just as we see in the story, for generation after generation after generation, he keeps his promise. We anticipate even now that our God will continue to keep his promise. That leads us where we are today. Open up your scripture with me, if you have it in front of you, to Luke chapter 4. If you have your YouVersion Bible app, we have an event set up there. You can join us there. But Luke chapter 4 is where we're going to be hanging out today. Uh, the Messiah had come. Our King has come. We just sang that. It's awesome. We sang a Christmas song on the first Sunday of spring. I love it. Welcome to 2021, right? Uh, but, but that's true. The King has come. That's what's happening in Luke chapter 4. And Jesus is beginning in Luke chapter 4 his public ministry, his public ministry. In fact, we're going to begin here in verse 14. And what's just happened is that Jesus, through the power of the Spirit, has been led out into the wilderness to be tempted. And, and he spends time there fasting and praying, but the enemy, the enemy comes to tempt him. And now, now after overcoming that temptation, he comes back uh, into Nazareth. And, and that's where we're going to pick up our story here in verse 14 of Luke chapter it says this, Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit, and news about him spread throughout the whole countryside. Again, this is the beginning of his ministry, right? He was uh, teaching in their synagogues, and everyone praised him. But we know, we know that's not going to last forever. We know everyone praised him, but not for long, and that's part of what the journey cross is all about. Let's keep reading verse 16. So he went to Nazareth where he had been brought up and on the Sabbath day he went into the synagogue as was his custom. He stood up to read and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it he found the place where it is written. I want you to catch a glimpse of what's happening here. Jesus is returning home 
home, the place where he has grown up, the, the synagogue where he would often worship. And, and as is the custom, you, you would stand and read the scripture, but he's handed the scroll of Isaiah. Isaiah, we know, is in our Old Testament scriptures, right? And so he turns not just to anywhere in, in the scroll of Isaiah, but to chapter 61. And so what we're going to read here, it's written in red in my Bible in, in Luke 4, but this is directly an excerpt from Isaiah chapter 61 that Jesus is going to stand and read in the synagogue. Here it is, verse 18. It says, The Spirit of the Lord is on me, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of the sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. These words were written 700 years earlier, 700 years earlier, but, but Jesus stands and reads them about the Spirit of the Lord and about proclaiming what? Good news and proclaiming freedom and setting the oppressed free. But what's significant is what happens next. Look, look with me in verse 20. So, so Jesus rolled up the scroll he gave it back to the attendant and he sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. And don't read too quick here. Don't jump ahead too quick because what's about to happen holds as much weight as what happened in Genesis chapter 3 where the road to the cross begins. What happens here in the next verse is the difference between life and death for you. Look at what it says. He began by saying to them, Today... This scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Whoa, there's this phrase that people say, drop the mic. This is a drop the mic moment in scripture. As Jesus reads uh, 700 years earlier, the words of Isaiah 61 that were in, he stands and reads it in the synagogue and he sits down and says, by the way, what I just read is being fulfilled right now as you hear it. It's like a drop the mic moment. He could just be like, all right, I'll see you later. Right, right? It's like a whoa, 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 stop for a minute and understand what just happened. You have the Old Testament being read by the one who would fulfill its promise and introduce the new covenant. You have, you have Isaiah speaking of the Spirit of the Lord, and Jesus is now walking in the power of that Spirit and saying it's being fulfilled now in your presence. As you hear it, it's being fulfilled. I want to ask a question today. I want to ask a question, and it, it may not be the question that we often ask at this time of the year. It may not be the question that we often ask as we journey towards the cross. You see, the question we often ask is probably goes something like this. Why did Jesus have to die? That's a really good question. It's a really important question. It's actually a question that we will get to as we continue on this road to the cross. But today, I want to ask a different question. You see, I don't want to ask the question today, why did Jesus die today? I want to ask the question, why did Jesus live? Why did Jesus live? Why didn't Jesus, why didn't Jesus just come as a 33-year-old man wandering out of the wilderness and go up to the cross? If the cross was essential, and the cross was critical, and we know it is. Why didn't Jesus just show up as a 33-year-old guy go to the cross for us? 
why, why his ministry? Why his time on earth? Why, if you keep going in Luke chapter 4, you see all of this teaching and, and miracles and, and ministry on his way to the cross. Why did Jesus live? There's some really good answers to that question. Really good. See, see the mission of Jesus, the ultimate mission was the cross, but that's not the only reason he came. It's not. As we talked about last week, his journey, on that journey, he fulfills the promise, the promise of the old covenant. He fulfills dozens and dozens and hundreds of prophecies. Even in his life, we see those prophecies, things that were written hundreds of years before being fulfilled in his ministry, but that's still not the best answer to that question, I don't believe. You see, I believe, I believe the most clear answer to that question, why did Jesus live? Why did he minister here on earth? The answer, I believe, is this, to show us the Father. To show you the Father. Why did Jesus live? He lived and ministered here on this earth so that you could see the Father. Literally, literally. When we see Jesus in the pages of our scripture, we see and experience God. Jesus said it himself in John chapter 14. He said, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How God loves, how God heals, how God ministers and redeems. That's what we see in the life of Jesus. So let's bring it back now to Luke chapter 4, right? That's where we're camped out today. What is Jesus saying what is he saying as he reads from the book of Isaiah? What is he seeing as he declares that these things are coming to pass? Well, let's look back with me for a minute. Uh, it's in verses uh, 18 and 19 of your scripture here in Luke chapter 4, this passage in Isaiah 61. Go back with me for a minute if you have your copy of scripture in front of you and just look at, look at kind of the DNA of the ministry that Jesus is speaking of here. Look, look, as it says, I've come to proclaim good news to the poor. That's encouragement, isn't it? That's hope. That's good news. Look, it says not just that, not just proclaiming good news to the poor, to proclaim freedom for the captives. That's grace, isn't it? That's freedom for the captives. They might deserve their captivity. They might deserve their, but, but there's freedom available to them. That's grace. He's talking about recovery of sight for the blind, that the blind will see. That's, that's healing. He's talking about the oppressed are set free. There's, there's freedom. And finally, proclaiming the year of the Lord's favor. This is, this is proclamation and preaching. This is the ministry of Jesus. Ministry of hope and encouragement. Ministry of grace. Ministry of healing. Ministry of freedom. Ministry of proclamation and teaching good news. This is the ministry in the DNA of the kingdom of God. You see, to see and experience Jesus is to see and experience God and his kingdom in its fullest. I wrote this. This helped me this week. God didn't just send Jesus to pay the ultimate price for our sin. He, he sent Jesus to show us how to live here and now. And in the life of Jesus, we see we see God showing up and living among us. John, the Gospel of John, says it this way. You're familiar with this passage. If you're familiar with the Gospel of John, he said, The Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. 
We have seen his glory, glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father full of grace and truth. That idea of made his dwelling, it alludes back to this Old Testament concept. This Old Testament concept of the tabernacle. You see, in the Old Testament, the tabernacle is the place where the glory of God resides. If you want to experience the glory and the presence of God, you go to the tabernacle. But what's significant about John chapter 1 is he's using this language. In essence, he's saying the glory of God has tabernacled among us. Not the tabernacle over there where we go. No, no, the tabernacle has come to us. And now we see the presence of the living God dwelling among us. We have seen his glory. I don't want to get over that. The glory of God showing up among us. That's what we see in the life and ministry of Jesus. And many of us today, we we might accept that as true. We, We might believe that everything I'm saying, yeah, I'm tracking with you, but what does this have to do with me, you're saying? What does this have to do with my life today? Let me ask one more question today. What if you knew? What if you knew that Jesus was with you every day? Some of us love worshiping like this. We love our Sunday morning. It's a highlight for you because on times like this and as the worship was happening earlier, just powerful moments, you feel the presence of the Lord. And I'm I'm here to say, yeah, that's true. And I love that. But what if, what if just, if that's you and you kind of, and there's something powerful about that, right? The gathered body of believers, we believe in that. But, But what if we didn't just experience God in a moment like that? What if we knew, we had the assurance That we knew God was with us every single—I'm talking like Monday mornings, and I know Monday mornings are like, you know, I've been there. I'm talking about like Tuesday afternoon. I'm talking about when when the co-worker is driving you nuts on Wednesday, uh, whatever. I'm talking about every day. What if you knew? What if you knew God was with you? You see, we believe by the power of the Spirit of God that, that Jesus is with you. He is with you. It's not some supernatural idea. It's a biblical fact because because Jesus lived on earth. You don't have to guess. You don't have to guess what he's thinking and what he's saying because you've seen it lived out through the pages of Scripture. You've seen it lived out through his ministry. You don't have to guess. Because you've watched him live in the pages of this book. And because you've seen Jesus walk in this life, you know exactly what it's like for him to be walking with you right now. Because he's not a God who just stood far off and said, hey, I love you from up here. And he didn't just blow kisses and wave from a distance, right? right? No, he, he came to us and walked with us. Now we know. Now we can have confidence. That he walks with us now. Even now. Personally, in my life, I'm just going to say, I needed a Savior, but you know, I needed a Savior who walks with me. I needed a Savior who was close to me. Uh, Go back and look again to the ministry of Jesus that he speaks of as he points back to Isaiah 61. What, What was the DNA of this ministry? Encouragement, right? Good news. Good news. And I got to tell you, I've had moments in my life of deep 
discouragement. Some of you think to know Jesus, to follow him, means that you're never discouraged again. That's such a lie. I've had moments, seasons of deep discouragement in my life. And I've needed in that moment, I've needed God to show up. And I'm here to tell you today that even in my discouragement, I sense a God who shows up. Even on hard days, the God of encouragement, the God of hope. I have experienced that truth in profound ways at deep, dark moments of my life. A a Savior who walks with me, who shows up with me right there where I am. Not where I pretend to be, not where I want others to see and think that I am right there where I am, even on my darkest day. The God of hope and encouragement, he, he showed up for me. I needed a Savior to walk with me. Well, what's this? Again, we read, we read the freedom for the prisoner, the, the God of grace. I've got to tell you today, church, I've needed a Savior who could walk with me and show me grace because I've made a lot of mistakes. I fall really short on my own. I am, apart from the grace of God, I am a mess. I'm a mess. I don't know about you. Maybe, you, maybe you're doing pretty well. I'm a mess apart from the grace of God. And I've needed, I've needed the grace of God to show up in my life on a daily basis to help me forgive myself, to help me get over guilt and shame from my past. Freedom for the captive freedom for the captive. I see it in the life of Jesus, and I've seen it as he's walked with me through this life. What about healing, right? right? We see that. He points to recovery of the blind, that the blind will see. This is a ministry of healing that Jesus speaks of, and I got to tell you today, I've experienced God's healing in my life. I've seen it in the people around, I mean, miraculous stories of people that I love and care for have been healed, but but not just physical healing, emotional, emotional, deep wounds that were healed, unexplainable healing in my life and the lives of so many around me. The God of healing, the God who restores sight to the blind showing up in my life and in the lives of those around me. Not a God that's distant. Not a God that just sends his regards from heaven, but a God who shows up and heals. So many more examples as we look at the ministry, the ministry of freedom, this ministry of proclamation of good news, that this is a God in my life time and time again who has showed up to walk with me time and time again. Some of us today, some of us today feel all alone feel all alone. And we may hear the truth of a God who loves us. And while while you read that, and it may be true theologically, what you need today is you need a Savior who will show up and walk with you right now in your life. You need a Savior that tomorrow, when you don't want to get out of bed, on Thursday, when you get the bad news and you feel like you're, that, that he's a God who is right there with you. And the important question, why did Jesus live? He came and he lived to show us the Father, to show us a God who was with us, who is with us. I was reading yesterday, even with our staff, we're going through a Lent devotional, and I was reminded of the powerful scripture that Jesus speaks as he prepares to go to the cross, as he foreshadows his death and resurrection. He looks at his disciples, and this blows my mind, and he says to them, it is better for you that I go away. 
so that my Holy Spirit can come. I cannot fathom what could be better than the physical presence of Jesus, right? What could be better than looking over here on row two and Jesus is over here with us, right? right? That would be awesome. But Jesus said, there's something better than that. I won't be here anymore. And it's actually for your good. It's actually for your benefit because my Holy Spirit presence will come. And as we journey to the cross, we know not just that Jesus is going to be crucified and raised to the dead, but we know that he's going to send us his spirit as an advocate, as a deposit, that we don't have to wander through life and wonder, is God with me? Is he? No, no, we, we have the tabernacle presence of the living God in us. And Jesus said, it's for your good that I'm not physically here anymore because my presence, my presence will be with you, and that's good news today. This is what I want us to know as we conclude today's message and continue on our journey, journey towards the cross. You see, Jesus came to die for you so that he could walk with you. Jesus came to die for you so that he could walk with you. And some of us today desperately need a God who walks with us. Some of us today are facing circumstances that are overwhelming. Some of us are facing things on our own that are just insurmountable. Some of us are up against odds that from a human standpoint, that there's just no way. And you know what we need? We need a savior, but we also need a God who walks with us. And in Jesus, in the life of Jesus, we see a God, a God who sent Jesus to ultimately go to the cross, but on the way to the cross, we see a God who walks with us. He became human just like us so that we, so that we would know no matter what we face, no matter what we experience, he is a God who is with us, walking with us right where we are and today. Today, I want to pray for those of us today that are in, we feel like we're in deep waters. We, we feel like we're facing insurmountable odds. We see maybe, maybe it's a diagnosis. Maybe it's a forecast on the horizon. Maybe it's a financial need or burden. Maybe it's an uncertainty. And it's just overwhelming to you today. And what you need today is a God who promises I'm with you. And he doesn't just say that. He didn't just write. He, he, he proved it by showing up and tabernacling among us his glory. And today, some of us desperately need a God like that. And if that's you, I, I wanna pray for you today. I'm gonna invite you to stand if you're able uh, here, those that are gathered in person, would you stand for a minute? And I just wanna spend a moment praying. I wanna spend a moment quieting our hearts before the Lord. I wanna spend a moment as we journey towards the cross, we are intentionally intentionally stopping, pausing, not just getting through, are we there yet? No, we're not. And maybe there's a reason today. Maybe today on the journey to the cross, you needed to be reminded of a God who showed up for you. It didn't just show up once, past tense. He continues to show up. He, he wants to show up. If you'll let him, he wants to show up today. <laughs> Wherever you're at, whatever, if you'll invite him, if you'll welcome him, he wants to be right there where you're at, not where you pretend to be. And today, maybe that's you. Today, maybe you would join me 
and praying and saying, God, I need a Savior who will show up for me. I need a Savior who will walk with me. I need a Savior. I need encouragement and good news. I need grace. I need healing. And the good news today is that's who he is because that's who Jesus was. So Lord, today I pray for my friends. I pray for my brothers and sisters, my church family. I pray for those that are rocked by uncertainty. I pray for those that might be building the foundation on their lives on something that will not last. I pray for those that are overcome today by grief or sorrow or anxiety. I pray for those that the enemy is loud in their ear telling them that they have no hope. I pray today they would see and they would know that you're a God who walks with us. You came to die for us so that you could walk with us. And today, some of us need to be reminded that that's the kind of God that you are. So I ask you, God, today, would you walk with my friend that's broken and hurting? Would you walk with my friend who needs healing? Would you walk with my friend who beats themselves up because of shame and guilt from the past? Would you walk with the couple that, that's just at odds in their marriage? Their marriage is seemingly hopeless. Would you, would you walk with the student whose faith is filled with questions and doubts? Would you walk with the person who just got the diagnosis and they're afraid? Would you walk with us today? That's who you are. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you so much for listening today. You can email us at info at cotnaz.org for any questions about our church. When you're done listening, please subscribe to this channel for the latest updates and new episodes.